0: Yeah. podcast my name is andy spateri and as always joined by dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing today
1: i'm tired man i'm good but uh pretty tired after my uh my run through prime yesterday it was a lot of fun but i'm doing great and trying to enjoy my memorial day weekend as much as i can so hope you're doing well as well
0: yeah, I can't complain. We got some we got some nice weather here and uh I picked up the last Metroid game I need for my collection, I which saw. is Metroid Prime Pinball.
1: Yes. So, uh
0: you know, pretty good weekend all in all. Um it's Let's I'm talk about it wrong, though. Man. You know what? I actually I played a level and it was it was pretty cool, although I'm pretty sure I don't know what to do and I'm not very good at pinball. So. <laughs> it's
1: pinball, man. You just just hit the ball up. It's it's easy. You got you'll you'll figure it out. I believe in you.
0: All right, I, I want to talk about what you just said, that uh, you're a little bit tired. Mm. Um, I was a little bit tired because I stayed up and watched you play Metroid Prime last night, <laughs> and I ducked out after the Omega Pirate, and you kept on going there. Uh, tell everybody where they can watch you and what you're doing on Twitch right now. Yeah,
1: so of course, many of you know I'm a big Metroid Prime fan specifically, and a big FPS you know PC player as well. So I got my hands on Dolphin, I got my hands on Metroid Prime Trilogy, and I got my hands on Prime Hack, which allows you to play the Metroid Prime trilogy with true mouse and keyboard, you know, PC FPS controls. The reticle is synced to the camera. You're looking around. It doesn't have, you know, the, the Wii remote reticle moving around the camera. And, you know, de-synced from it. You don't have the original Prime One or Two tank controls. You have true PC mouse and keyboard controls. And it was honestly, I mean, it was the best best way to play Metroid Prime. And I'm assuming two and three when I eventually get to those uh, ever. Uh, so good, amazing. Uh, it took me not a long time to figure it out, like to put it all together. And I did a playthrough with those controls on my uh, Twitch channel yesterday from like, I don't know, I want to say like 3 p.m. Eastern to like 4 30 in the morning. Because um, I figured I'm just going to play the whole game. And I also, you know, was trying to take the game in a little bit, you know, trying to relive some moments and. Take it a little slow. I backtracked a lot. I forgot where things were. I had to go circle around for all the artifacts. So it took me a longer than I expected, but it was a lot of fun. I did it on twitch.tv slash the rapture underscore. And I do intend on playing Prime Two and Three eventually. Probably not. Uh maybe like maybe next weekend or something like that. Uh I need some sleep because as I said, I was up to like four thirty in the morning. I figured I was playing it so long I'd beat the game and it took me a lot longer than I expected. And by the time I, you came around I was like, Well I gotta finish it. I've come this far. And you ducked out just before the ending, but it was totally worth it. It was a lot of fun, and it was the most fun I've ever had playing a Metroid game. And not just Metroid Prime, but Metroid in general. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend it, and it was great, and I can't wait to play Prime 2 and 3.
0: Yep, uh, I showed up, and yeah, I think the fatigue was getting to you, but uh, by God, you powered through. and uh, it, I was, it was a good time I had watching you uh, fight some pirates and traverse the phase on Mines. A uh, little bit of anxiety there because you spam missiles, but you know, nothing that we can't fix in the next game. Um, so yeah, next time that uh, Dak goes up uh, on Twitch, we'll, we'll let you know in the Metro Database Discord server where, uh, you know, we also have a channel of our own. Um, so yeah, you guys can come and hang out with us and, uh, and watch Dak play some metroid as he says it was intended to play i'm
1: not sold on this oh. most keyboard business yet. oh my like, god I he, mean, he likes it i would i mean we, we have other things to talk about today but i could i could spend <laughs> multiple episodes talking about how great it was it truly is the best way to play the game i i can't recommend it more like it was it was so good i'm i'm fumbling over my words because i had so much fun and that's why i played it all night because i was like wow this is actually like really good like i don't want to play anything else this is how the game should have been release that's how the game should, was meant to be played 100% can't convince me otherwise but that's for another day oh,
0: it, it's for another day and actually you're right we we have a lot to talk about today we've got some rumors and of course we're finally getting to mapping metroid but first um i did want to let everybody know kind of at the top of the show here i'm gonna try and do a better job letting you guys know what's coming in the future so here is our upcoming slate of shows barring any major announcements or news of course if uh, if those happened, those will always take priority but uh, as of right now, today, of course, you are going to get uh, Findrano Drifts, Mapping Metroid, the first, and what we hope is going to be kind of a recurring uh, series that we'll touch on every couple weeks where we analyze an area. The week after that, I think Dak and I are going to go to war about Metroid Prime Hunters, the concept, should it be brought back, what is that game all about? Uh, it's if you saw us going at it in Discord, I think you're gonna love us going at it for this show. So that's coming up. Uh, that's coming up on the 2nd of June. On the 9th of June, we are doing an inspired by Metroid episode, which is another thing that we hope to do, uh, kind of semi-frequently here on the show, and that's uh, kind of highlight the the really great Metroidvania games that uh, that've clearly taken some inspiration from Metroid. And we're going to start it off with Axiom Verge. So I'm in the middle of playing through that, uh, just kind of refreshing myself. And I'm really looking forward to that. And then, on the 16th, maybe one of our most uh, anticipated episodes ever, uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force. We're going to talk the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that is is coming up all in the next couple weeks. I'm pretty excited about every one of those, actually. Um, But yeah, I man what a what a run of shows it's going to be
1: you know it's funny you said that the hunters episode is going to be a war because war it's usually not a war if there's a guaranteed winner right and <laughs> since we all know who's going to be winning that one um i wouldn't put it that way and the federation i you know I, you know how bad i really want to talk about other m a federation force it's it didn't it didn't do anybody wrong you know it's i, I it's almost like I don't want to pick on it, but I am looking forward to talking about we're, it.
0: We're going to have to pick we're on We're going to have to important. pick on a, little it a little bit. bit. Yeah, well, just a little also, bit, you know. Just a little bit. Also, don't put yourself down like that deck. People might people might think you have a point or two in Hunters. Uh, Bro. <laughs> but, of course. 1v1
1: me, Harvester, let's go, all right? I I'll break. I got my DS right here. I'll break it out. I don't care. See, that's the thing. Y'all are scared, y'all Metroid fans. You're, you're up against AI oh, opponents on. all the time, but when it's one-on-one against someone on the battlefield with just missiles and that's it. You got a little bit of ammunition and no cover. That's when you're that's when the real, you know, rubber meets the road there, Andy. I can't wait. <sighs> that,
0: yeah, I think that's going to be a war. Um, but <laughs> we should talk about the rumor that has been circulating the internet today, Dak. Oh um, yeah. Apparently and allegedly, <laughs> we had a couple tweet people tweet us that the Metroid Prime trilogy is going to come out on june the 19th we've had nintendo everything cover it stealth has been talking about it so like it seems like there's some fire behind here um you know off the top of my head i'm sorry i forget which retailer um basically updated their release schedule but um you know i give me your give me your two cents on this if you think that it's possible or not dad because i've i've got some i've got some
1: thoughts well i was gonna say there's two different discussions here like first whether or not do we think it's true i don't I don't think there's no any way to put weight on this. I'm pretty sure this retailer has been wrong and other stuff before. And I think we were just talking about this like an episode two ago. Like, how many times do we hear like every few months? Oh, Metro Prime Trilogy is coming out this year. Oh, it's coming out this year. Oh, this retailer lists it for December 31st, blah, blah. blah." And this year, you're like, who cares? Like, it's it's something that like a retailer will put up maybe to get clicks or they do it by accident. Or, you know, you know, erroneously, that information ends up on the Internet. Or it gets conflated with something else and it ends up really meaning nothing. And it will mean nothing until there's actually an, a real announcement. So that's one discussion. Now, whether or not it could happen is another discussion. I do think it could happen. I've seen a lot of people being like, well, they couldn't just well, shadow on, no. drop Metroid Prime Trilogy. I mean, they totally could. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean that's what I'm saying. Um, like, that's because that, that's how I've seen a lot of people look at it. Like, oh, they can't just drop Metro Prime Children. People want it for a whole time. What are you talking about? Of course, of course, they could just drop it randomly on in on June 19th or whatever. Like, do you think they really? Do you think they care? As much about Metroid as the fans of Metroid do? Of course they don't. <laughs> like, that's why they've treated Metroid the way they have the past decade, right? So, of course, they don't look at Metroid the way we do. So, we as fans might think, oh, if they couldn't drop Metroid Prime Trilogy. That's the holy grail of Metroid games. They clearly don't think that. They just think it's a good game. They'll just drop it, whatever, because it's just a good game to them, clearly. If they thought it was such a holy grail game like we clearly th- think it is, they would have put the trilogy on the Switch a million years ago. It's free money. It's so easy. But they haven't. So... Whether or not it's possible, whether or not they think I think they'll do it, yeah, 100%. If they announce tomorrow that, oh yeah, Metroid Prime Trilogy is coming out on June 19th, enjoy it, see ya, I would not be shocked at all. I would not be shocked whatsoever if they just did that. It would take no marketing, it would be very, very like them to do that, and they've done it for other Metroid games, and for other games. I mean, they just, they're like, oh, new Paper Mario game, that's coming out of nowhere, cool, and I bet you a lot more people cared about that trailer, so... I, I, uh, but yeah, hold, I, hold on a second. I, though. Hold on. I, they
0: they announced Paper Mario a couple months ahead, at least. I, I have a two-part okay. answer here. But still, like, I it's... I feel like you're not necessarily wrong. Like this <clears throat> this would be something. This would be a dirty move if they just shadow dropped Metroid Prime, because it's almost like you're sending it out to fail. I think. Um, I, yeah. But it's would it be something that Nintendo would do to Metroid? Maybe. Uh, you know, I I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. But at the same time at the same time um i i just i just can't believe that they would do that to metroid prime trilogy and i know that they've done metroid dirty but why before, why do like, you not why do you it not doesn't... believe
1: that like what makes you because think it, that it they just wouldn't doesn't do make that.
0: any sense like it here the thing about shadow dropping is like you can do that if you have a big event where millions of people are watching like e3 or the game awards and like if a bunch of people are watching but like to shadow drop something with a random trailer, it says like it's available today. Like it, that means obviously it's going to be digital only, which I also don't see happening. I believe that this would be a physical
1: cartridge. So like I just I don't see that. Yeah, but why though? But why? Like you're just saying, well, I don't see it. But why though? Like why don't you see them doing that? Like that's why? Very... Why wouldn't it
0: be? Why wouldn't it be a physical cartridge?
1: Because it would be easier just to release it digitally. You know, it would be easier. Yeah, yeah them but just that's just very the marketing like to release tri- like first
0: first party titles only digitally that's you like think of it you could do that i like think of all the the ports from wii u over to over to switch or even Z- xenoblade chronicles like they could have just released that digitally but they didn't it's a physical cartridge with a physical game case but that's like a remaster, i just don't see that though, happening
1: isn't it that's like a whole complete hd remake so? like that's a, that's a completely different thing if they were releasing metroid prime trilogy hd remaster 2000 then yeah i would see them making a physical cartridge and all this other stuff but like isn't that like a just a remaster so i don't know i mean i really think it is very much possible um i I, you know i'm not i'm not i'm not sure like where people are getting the idea that nintendo wouldn't do this so yeah i don't know
0: i i just i just don't see it happening like i you know i can see your point where like um you know they've kind of done the shady stuff with metroid before but like, you know, even even Samus Returns, which we talked about a little while ago, they even like at least they gave that a little bit of promotion and they released it with a physical cartridge and a physical game case. I just I don't see them releasing Prime Trilogy only digital unless they launch a full blown virtual console, which I don't know. Me, I think that that's the only that's the only way I think that this launches on June nineteenth is if it's the announcement of a virtual console and it's like you can get Metroid Prime Trilogy as one of your first flagship games. Other than that, I just i don't see it happening i i don't see them releasing metroid prime trilogy digital only because then like i said why wouldn't you just release all these other games digital yeah, but only all those too? other
1: games are new games or hd remakes they're not port re-releases you know like sure they are no, donkey not. kong tropical freeze donkey kong, yeah okay that was uh, yeah but that was a new game though. super mario that Wii was U? a recent that was a recent game
0: yeah those so? are more
1: recent games it's a lot easier just to port these games. but they're games. still
0: ports deck yeah. i mean they're still do dude
1: i don't i don't think like those are bigger games to drop digitally the metroid prime games like are older so it's probably a lot easier to drop but they didn't digitally. drop digitally but I'm, I'm, saying, what I'm, I'm saying that's what i'm saying i'm uh, saying newer like donkey kong for example tropical freeze probably harder to only have tro- uh, digitally maybe to have these older games that metroid prime games are older it's a lot easier to have them only digitally I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm Uh, of possibility. I don't think so. Like, and and Xenoblade was an HD remaster. That was a new. That's like that's like a. Of course, you got. I I just mean you. You
0: go down the list of how many games from the Wii U that are on, um, that are on the Switch now that are that are first party games that have had physical releases that have had at least somewhat of a little bit of promotion. I you know as dirty as Nintendo does Metroid, I just I don't see it happening. What you could I be wrong? Absolutely. Like they've. They've done this kind of shenanigans before, but I just uh, this is gonna be this is gonna have to be one of those ones that like y'all just keep coming. I, back. I'll have to, to wait until again. I see it.
1: You know, like you just y'all just want to keep keep getting hurt. I don't I don't know where that expectation is from like some people about like, Nintendo, but they've done Metroid bad in the in the past, but not this time. <laughs> like why not this time? They've done they've done it every time in the past. You know, like I don't know. I mean, you're right. It, it, the likelihood of it like a hundred percent happening. Uh, I mean, I don't know where it'll go either way. I don't necessarily think it's going to be, like, digital only, but... I don't I don't really have a stance of whether or not it'll be digitally only or like an only game but for them to announce I just think it, like if the, if it was ahead, to announce
0: if it was to go in 3 weeks it would have to be digital only there there's unless they've okay, ramped fine. up production yeah you know it's secret i, I don't know i don't okay, think okay fine
1: so. yeah but like for them to just say okay we're just dropping this game like and for them to do it out of nowhere and it be for a Metroid game yeah i can still see that if that ends up being the case where because of that ends up being digitally only i can still think i still think that's possible but, yeah, would people expect and do people expect a physical release, too? Of course. And I'm sure they probably would do a physical release of the game. So maybe they announce the game two months out. Maybe it's not June. Maybe it was intended to be June, and it's going to end up being July August, something. Yeah, I, I could see like... them
0: announcing two months out for sure yeah. and saying, like, doing, like, the Paper Mario thing. Like, this is coming at the end of August. Like, here it is. Or, or you know what? Even this is coming at the end of July. Here it is. But, like, we need to see that, that trailer, like, right away. And we would need – you know, I, I know – I know that, you know, Nintendo, like I said, they've done it dirty, but at least they've given, like, some notice when a Metroid game comes out. You know what I mean? Even though they didn't give Samus Returns very much, but, you know, that's that's kind of an episode of, of itself, the whole Samus Returns debacle.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we, like, I, like I said earlier, we got more to talk about. But that being said, I just I, – they, they didn't even announce Samus Returns, man. They just showed it on the Treehouse afterward like it was nothing. That was a new game, you know? That wasn't even a port. That was a new – I mean, it was a remake of an old game, but it was still a new game, you know? so I, I don't yeah know. I, 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 don't I, I get you
0: but you know at least like i don't know at least like we can look at at prime and echoes and corruption and it's like okay well at least they've mar- they've marketed this like even federation force they marketed ahead of time right yeah like, like, i don't even so, remember who if they knows? marketed
1: it but to be honest i don't even care at this point like you know what yeah nintendo if they just said like, tweeted a t- uh, just a tweet like oh yeah trilogy is available on your switch right now digitally go get it like at this point i don't even care man just let me buy the game and play it on my switch like i don't care <laughs>
0: you know what though? Like this is, I, I think you have to care though because they, this is their opportunity to really push that game to new audiences. Like every game, almost every Nintendo series has had its best outing sales wise on the Switch so far, and like I, I just believe like if you shadow drop Metroid out of nowhere with without a big platform like an E3 or something like that, like it's it's just gonna die, you know. So uh, I I don't think it'll happen, but Stranger Things have happened before in the Metroid universe. We're going to follow up on this, but, Dak, we got to get going here on Findrana Drift. Speaking of Metroid Prime, this is our first ever Mapping Metroid segment. And, uh, obviously, you played through Metroid Prime last night. I played through it maybe, like, two, two-ish weeks ago. And uh, the goal of this Mapping Metroid segment is Dak and I are going to present you with, like, kind of an analysis and also just our personal um, our personal, uh you know, memories and stuff, like going through these areas, what area, What rooms we liked, what power-ups we liked, what expansions, etc. We'll talk a little bit about the music, we'll talk a little bit about the bosses, and, uh, you know, this is kind of, uh, this is kind of a, a show format in progress, because we do intend on doing these mapping Metroid segments again, so if there's something that you feel that we skipped over or didn't pay enough attention to, uh, definitely tweet at us, let us know, at Omega Metroid Pod, but, um, Deck, let's get kicked off and finally talk about Fendrana Drifts. This has uh, been an episode idea that we've been kicking around for a while, so like, it feels good to finally talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's why I did that Metroid Prime run-through, because I wanted to relive some Fendrana Drifts, some Fendrana Shorelines and whatnot, get back into the research lab, uh, head through the Chozo Temple and whatnot and the chapel, and it was cool replaying it in a new way, but it was also just, you know, nice to revisit it and get a refresher just before the episode. And my intent was just to play the game, just to get to Androna, play it a little bit and, you know, you know, see what I can you know, really gather from that experience. End up playing through the whole game. is totally worth it. But, yeah, that's why I ended up I playing too. <laughs> it. Yeah, that's why I ended up doing it. But uh, I was I was very happy to, to get to Androna because it's it has always been one of my favorite areas in any Metroid game. And I still think it lives up to this day and, and it holds up. And I remember it just as fondly as I, you know, ex- you remember experiencing it for the first time as a kid. Uh, yeah,
0: hundred percent. This is one of my favorite areas in Metroid, and I think it's probably the best area to kind of kick us off for this mapping Metroid uh, series of shows that we plan on doing here. It's like, it's a really big area, like like lots of interconnecting rooms and and just lots of different places to go. I it, but it's like it's also very um like distinctly broken up into like what seems like more smaller manageable portions which I really like like you know you have the shoreline you have Fendrana's edge and then you have the research facility and I I always liked how like they were all the same but they all they were almost like kind of their like subsections of the Fendrana drifts um but yeah when I was playing uh, a couple weeks ago I was um I was on the couch and my fiance was beside me and like every time I remember back in November of 2002 Playing Metroid Prime for the first time, and the first time that I walked into Fendrana and uh, you see the shorelines and like you see the snow falling down, and the music is kind of playing and it's just like, wow, like it's it's breathtaking. And so when I was playing it, I I motioned to my fiance and I'm like, hey, uh, like look at this, like tell me what you think. And she actually put it like really well. She's like, this place looks like a snow globe, <laughs> um, which I actually thought was like really apropos. But you know, still like I've played Metroid Prime. God, I don't know, countless times. And it's just like, it truly is like a breathtaking experience. Every time, the first time that you walk into Findrana from Magmore Caverns. And, you know, I, I feel like that right there really shows how well this place is like, stood up to me. And, like, you know, twenty almost 20 years later, you're just like, this is still breathtaking.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you get to it in the game, it's paced really well, right? You've, you've gone through the Ruins. You started to really unpack that a little bit, their involvement, and you started to pick up, you know, pieces of your initial loadout, you know, as a character. And then you've gone through Mm Magmaor Caverns, of course, you're starting to see where, you know, the space pirates have kind of started to dig into the planet. And obviously that's a very uh, in-your-face and overwhelming at times kind of area. And then that's when you finally enter into Vendrona for the first time, and it is very brief. And it's a nice reset, yes. you know, you're, you're once again, like, everything's kind of, like, quieter, you gotta take things in, take a quick breath, and, yeah, it's, it's, it really is such a good part of the game, because what Metroid Prime does so well, I think, is that it it really lets you just kind of sink your teeth into the area when you immediately get into it. Like, everything's very pronounced, like, the the snow, the that's what I think makes it look like a, a snow globe, like, the snow is very, it's huge, right? Uh, the fog. There's a lot of fog. The rocks, you know, stick out a lot. Like everything's very, you know, uh, just everything sticks out and it's almost embellished a little bit, and it, you know, it kind of really adds a little bit to the effect of what they're trying to do. It's very tranquil. It's very um, ambient. Yeah, that's and good ambient's word. a word that you know, tranquil. Yeah, yeah, tranquil. Nice word. But ambient's a word that everyone really kind of associates with Metroid Prime, and, and of course, this is one of the most ambient places. Uh, this in Talon Overworld as well. But for sure, Fanjana Drifts is really that place you step into and you're like. Damn, this is this is this is nice, and almost you don't even finish that sentence because you just kind of take everything in. Like it's almost like a place that you'd want to like hang out.
0: You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, Magmore Caverns, maybe not so much. Uh, I would guess maybe here and there in Talon and Chozo, but like <laughs> I, wouldn't yeah, is... oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't hang out. in this place is. Yeah, well, I wouldn't hang out in Magmore. I wouldn't hang out in the phase on Mines either, for that matter. No, no. Um, yeah, the, this. Just has that beauty when you walk in, which I think just strikes me uh, every time that I go. Um, but yeah, so like you said, I mean, the and it's kind of nice because you get Fendrana in kind of doses. Um, in my recent playthrough, I was paying a little bit more attention to how like how many times I like uh, entered and exited Fendrana for significant stre- stretches. So there's four main parts that uh, that you go through. Um, the first one is is actually like. Quite, it's quite brief. You're only in there for like maybe 10, 15 minutes ish. Um, you end up getting the boost ball, and then you and then you leave. But uh, you know, you come back once you've acquired the space jump, and you can, you can, you know, get the wave beam. And that's kind of your second playthrough. Your third one is basically the pirate research base, where like you go through that kind of labyrinth, and you end up getting the spider ball, and then like whatever uh, you know, whatever you come back to and uh, collect the artifacts and stuff like that. Um, I Yeah, I, I love this place. And I actually, I wanted to pick out a few rooms in particular just to talk about Dak. And I don't know if you have any rooms too. But um, one of the things that I love in, uh, in Findrana Drifts is like, like we were talking about a few weeks ago with the Ridley fights, this is the first time that you see Ridley since, you, you know, the beginning of the game. And it's like, it's a very quick, very small, but very impactful moment where you're just like, my enemy is out there and he looks vicious. And that... That always sticks out to me when I'm thinking of Vendrana Drifts is like that's the place where you see Ridley and you, you kind of get that like big fight feel because like you know that this fight is gonna go down at some point.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things I like about you know Ridley's usage as a character and how he's implemented in Metroid Prime is that that's how the story you know kicks off right like you run into Ridley oh they're doing this stuff on the on the and Ridley takes off to the planet and you go down there but Samus gets you know involved in so much more than that. That you almost kind of forget about him a little bit until you get back over that. You're like, oh, yeah, like this is kind of how that all started. Right. And there's so much more going on now. There's so much more that I've learned about, you know, the planet and what's happened here that, yeah, that's looming overhead. But at the same time, you know, uh, there's a lot more that's now at stake than there was the last time I saw him. And that that's something I really like. It gives you kind of like a, a reflection, right? Like a little moment of reflection there. You're like, okay, like a little bit of a checkpoint. Even though it, it, you kind of do see him a little, I would say before, like, the halfway point of the game, and then you don't really see him at all after this. I think that's the last time you see him before the, fu- the, the boss fight. Um, yeah, I think so. And I don't even think you see him, you know, immediately when you step into the area. You do, I think, get, like, the boost ball, or you end up, like, traversing Fendrana a little bit before you end up, or even in your second go-around Uh, when you do end up seeing him so yeah it is interspersed here and there but it is a nice reminder like that's how it started off and that's what yeah like you said what it's all gonna you know come down to at the end like a lot of it was coming down to and of course i love ridley's entrance at the end of the game where like all right everything's going good like we're going in there and then ridley's like ah psych dude here I come (laughs) i'm gonna screw everything up but we haven't gotten to that point in that game in the game yet but yeah i love i love when you kind of see him that's one of my favorite points in the uh in the story for sure.
0: Uh, So I, I kind of picked out a few rooms in particular that I like really enjoyed in Fendrana and uh, I wanted to just kind of elaborate on them and you could do the same if you have any rooms as well, Dak. Mm -hmm. But um, one room that always really sticks out to me is the Chozo ice temple. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, um, it's just to the, to the upper section of like the main shoreline room of Fendrana. And like it's got, it's actually got an artifact in it too, but like it's basically this big hall. It's got all these, these frozen Chozo statues and like, it just it looks so cool like and every time i'm in there it's just like um like it that's one of the strengths of metroid prime in general i think is like and maybe actually metroid in general is like it really does a great job of of kind of presenting you with this like um like really lived in like really believable lore or, or something along those lines where like it's just like wow like this is obviously a place of like really religious importance and stuff so i i really love that that music and the music actually or the room sorry and the music is just like so um the word i put down was agnostic but i actually i don't know if that's the right word or not but it just like it reminds me of music that you would hear like at a cathedral but it's like metroidy cathedral music you know what i mean and it's like
1: i think that that just works so well in that room Uh, i think it doesn't agnostic mean you don't believe in god so wouldn't that be like the opposite of the word you're looking for (laughs) Yeah, I I think there's a deity. there's a
0: word that's that's kind of like that that I'm looking for. Yeah. But as I was saying it, I was like, oh, I don't
1: think that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the track that plays in the the more like deeper hall areas and temple areas and Chozo ruins as well. And that the, the word I always thought of when hearing that is melancholy, because when you go through those areas, right? Like those are like a, a people that is very you know samus is very connected to right and she's walking essentially among their remains you know their ruins right um even though that she wasn't you know too far off from being connected to them in a past life and she's like walking kind of you know through where they used to walk right she could have been walking there with them if all this stuff hadn't happened right like she could be in this temple alongside other chozo warriors mm. had you know things been different um and you know kind of looking at like what used to be which is a lot of what metroid prime is right it's what used to be here what had happened Mm -hmm. what you know uh who had been here and every time you you know you go through and you see like you know these great and grandiose and, and amazing structures and 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 things that have been built and and put in place by the chozo and they're not there with it you know the creators aren't there with their creation and and in a way you know the Chozo kind of created who Samus is in a way, and that, that kind of, like, disconnect that she has with the her creators, yet yeah, it still has their image constantly surrounding her all the time. Um, that's all what I always get through. Like, you always walk through those things, you can't help but, like, look up a little bit and, and kind of take in, like, the high ceilings and and these big Chozo statues looking down on you, right? Yeah, these and, impressive yeah.
0: statues, and, like, um, oh, I think they just look so cool. Though it is
1: funny you bring up the artifact because the one t- uh, statue that is in that area... Um, is the one that has the the ice pouring out of its mouth and you melt it with the plasma beam and that's how you get the artifact. Um, That one always... I always thought it was funny because it just looks like the dude's throwing up. <laughs> so it was like this <laughs> dude was just like yakking. Like, man, this dude just got caught. You know, he died the way he lived. Dude, he just partying. Uh, he's got an artifact uh, in his uh, belly. You'd feel sick too, man. Yeah. Um. But you know, I agree. I love that music that plays. I love the chozo. Um. Yeah. I, I always area. really love that room, and um, it, it really you know hits a really solid note. And and again, one of the biggest things I love about Prime is walking through what things that what used to be, and that's one of those things that uh, Fendrano really does well. All right, so I want to talk
0: about um, another. I want to talk about another room here, that um, that I've always been like really kind of in love with, or it might be maybe not in love actually, just impressed by, because it, it's a very multifaceted room, um, and that's the ruined courtyard, mm-hmm. which is kind of like right outside the entrance to the research facility. Um, it's just like it's a it's a very well structured room because it has like mm. uh, it has like a lot of different stuff. You can pick up an energy tank in there. It has, it makes good use, I think, of the of the spinner. Like you can you can kind of power up all the different platforms, and you have uh, x amount of time to get across them before the water. Like kind of, I can't remember if it rises back up or falls back down, but either way, it falls back down, and then the platforms aren't where you need them to be. Um, but it makes good use of that. So like, it's kind of uh, like you do a little bit of puzzling, a little bit of platforming. Um, it makes use of the spider ball. It has like a decent amount of uh, flying troopers in it, so you've got some combat in there too you've got your save room, you've got your, you're kind of interconnected, like, you can, you can um, do the big loop around the research facility, and come back out, and you fight uh, Thardis, basically, in that room, or, you know, the, the room to Thardis is connected to that room, too, so, like, it's a very multifaceted um, room in Fendrana Drifts, and that, it, I don't know that I ever appreciated it as much as I do, or I did the last playthrough that I had, but I was like, there really is, like, A lot going on in this room in particular and and i don't know maybe that's a strange one to kind of pick out because it's not necessarily like visually impressive but i i just wanted to make a note of that
1: yeah no this is a room that like i wouldn't it doesn't stick out to me as a favorite but i think is iconic just because of the puzzle maybe so to speak um but uh you know it's it's more of like okay you're you're doing a bunch yeah you're right there's a bunch of stuff that's happening right uh, you got, like, the, the puzzle. You got the, the troopers. You've got three different doorways uh, going all which way. Um, and, you know, there. this is, at least for, for me, a room that reminds me of another room that I actually do like because at the top you do have the uh, the Flying Pirates, and that's the control tower. And yes. cause that's the area that reminds me of... The, this is what the ruined courtyard at the top of it wants to be so bad is the, the control tower, which is a... A really fun area, you have an artifact that you get there eventually if you go back, but you have this this crazy fight, you know, a pretty crazy fight between all these flying pirates and they're they're spawning in and, and coming in from different parts of the map and you know, you the crates are blowing up, they're you know, they're flying at you and spiraling towards the ground at you. That's always been a favorite of mine too. Um Ruin Court Cour- Courtyard was always one of those rooms where I was like, Why did they build this big like Chozo yeah. bird water <laughs> thing in this tower? Like, what is this like <laughs> Okay, I guess. Um, I mean, why did the
0: Chozo build anything, to be fair? Lots of weird no, stuff. Y- that they yeah, make.
1: there's, like, some things that make sense, and other times I'm like, hmm, that's weird that they would, like, build it that way and oddly convenient uh, <laughs> for this puzzle I have to do. Uh, yeah, that's one of those rooms for me. Um, let me think. You know, there th- Like, the control
0: tower, um, I, I like the control tower, but I do, I hate flying troopers. Uh, I don't like them at all. Mm -hmm. So, like, the control tower, but it's kind of, like, it's kind of cool in a sense of, like, it is at least kind of, like, I think of that more as, like, a a flat-out dragon knuckle fight with, like, all these shock troopers that are on jets or whatever, and they are just, like, there's missiles flying everywhere. So, like, I like the kind of intensity of the fight, but at the same time, like, I don't like going to the control tower because it's, like... It's like goddamn there I know that I'm going to get bombarded with missiles whenever I come up here.
1: Yeah, well, you know, again, I'm I'm looking also at this kind of at the lens from how I played it last night. It was really fun to fight flying troopers with the mouse and keyboard controls. It made the gunfights a lot more intense and they're juking and and Anya and Deacon you out your missiles and all that. Um, that was a lot of fun, but yeah, that's that's a an area that actually, you know, definitely sticks out to me a lot and is one of the iconic I think rooms for like the the space pirate area of Fendrana and overall I really do like the the research facility if specifically one room I forget the exact room name of it I think it might be the observatory but it's the one with the the, observatory that was next to my list the holographic projection of the system I love that room you you have a bunch of pirates there that you get to fight and there's a bit of platforming sure but that's the room that sticks out because it gives you you know the system that you're you're part of and I at least as a kid and then you know growing up later didn't realize how close you know, Zebus and, yes. and Town 4, they're literally right next, like, you couldn't be closer. It's like Earth and Mars, yeah, basically. Yeah, even closer. I mean, if you look at their orbits, uh, to assume that these orbits are even remotely correct, they're probably not the scale, but, like, they're very close to each other. Um, and another thing, too, that they, they pointed out is Town 4 is pretty much the only planet that's not, you know, a tremendous you know dump <laughs> prior to Phasen showing up. All the other planets are the 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 hologram seems like this planet's a wasteland this planet has a brain-eating disease this planet uh is not that great but then space pirates showed up and they dug into it now it sucks don't go there uh talon four was cool but then this phasing thing you know like the system pretty much sucked (laughs) but uh it is interesting how close these two planets are i always loved this room there's a lot of bunch of information allows you to kind of censor yourself in the metroid universe a little bit there's a little action a little platforming it's a big room i think uh, obviously the hologram makes it pretty memorable because it's the only kind of big hologram of its size and of information wise that you really kind of get in the game uh so yeah this is definitely one of my favorite rooms in Fendrana.
0: i actually i think that uh, the observatory might be the best room in the entire game like the, the like one room i think that you could put this up against any other room in the game and it, like it might be the best Um, for all the reasons that you said and actually i was watching you uh play last night and you were going through the observatory and i was just like damn like this place looks so cool Mm -hmm. um like something about like the little solar systems like i i just think that those look cool like no matter what like even like you know the ones that you hang from your ceiling or whatever when you're a kid even those i think look pretty cool so like this place with its holographic planets just looks so so cool um learning about all the different planets i think is like really really interesting It kind of you know you can learn more about the the lore of metroid um yeah i mean seeing how close zebus and talon four I, I again when i was playing it a couple of weeks ago i was just like oh my god like man they, they're neighbors like it probably isn't chance that the that the chozo picked talon four hmm. um so I, I really love that aspect of it yeah there's some cool platforming and there's like um there's actually there's a power up in this room too i want to say it's super missiles as well. So you get, uh, you do get a reward in this room as well, but just like the, the visual of the planets and the observatory learning about the planets themselves, they actually give you research data, which I always thought was cool. Um, just one of the most visually impressive rooms in like really the entire Metroid series. I think actually, I think I'd really, really liked this room and I was hoping that you were going to bring it up <laughs> when, you know, I joined your stream last night you were, you were in the observatory because yeah i was just like oh god this looks like it just looks so wicked yeah um,
1: and i know before it, we move on to, from this room though because there's something else i want to say about it and another overall point about what makes this uh the research lab aether really good is a lot of these rooms kind of change vibe and change almost like how they feel and how you play through them when the lights go out right when you're forced to use the thermal visor mm-hmm. so and that's you know, a lot of the rooms change in that way. In this room, it's open, it's almost inviting in a way. You're not really scared about fighting the pirates there. You're, you're learning, there's information. And then the lights go out. The only light is now from the hologram, and it's barely emitting anything. Uh, because everything's so open, you can, like, it's hard to see what the next platform is, you know, to jump to without that thermal visor. And when you do have that feel, everything, a big room becomes suddenly very claustrophobic. And I love that about the research Aether, because, it, you know, it gives you, that, that area, area gives you kind of like a lot more replay value just in that area you know because everything changes and how you approach those places changes once the lights go out so i love that about this room and about the area in general i just wanted to get that out there before we potentially moved on to another room because i know there's still a lot more to talk about
0: yeah I, i i agree with what you're saying i actually um i don't like using the thermal visor as much but i only don't like using it just because like fendrana is typically so beautiful that I want to see it as it was meant to be seen but like once you kind of get into like the the depths of the research lab it's pretty much just like you know your typical space station fair so by that point it's pretty cool but there yeah there is something very um like very i don't know what the word is illuminating or inviting like you said about the the projection of the solar system that it, it kind of it's like a little bit comforting because like I think in that room too there is a save station connected too so it's almost like this is kind of a a respite from all of the battling that you've been doing up until this point, because like to get to the observatory, like you're going through waves and waves of pirates and, and all these other enemies. So, um, yeah, that's a really good point actually about that. But, uh, you know, I, I do, I do appreciate too, kind of the, it's almost like, again, it's like, it's a natural light when the lights do go off. It's so, like, it still feels a little bit more inviting even when everything's dark and stuff like that. So, I, yeah, I really love this room. Actually, and let's talk about Research Lab Aether just for a quick sec, too, mm-hmm. just in general. Um, I love that, you know, when you get to the point in a Metroid game, and it's like, it, this is usually, like, a little bit into the game, or at least it is in, like, Super and Metroid Prime and Fusion and stuff like that, where, like, you first see the actual Metroids. Like, you've been fighting yeah. all these other enemies for, you know, the entire game, but, like, now you see Metroids this happens in, uh, an Aether and it's just like, wow, like there they are. And you see it for the first time and you're just like, okay, well like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to fight these things. And they're in the test tubes. And like, I just, I love that moment in a Metroid game. Like it's almost scary. Maybe isn't the right word, but like, it's just like, okay, now, like now it's on now, now there's Metroids, you know, Pizzus is about to pick up. Um, so I love that about the research lab Aether.
1: Yeah. Well, it makes things tangible, you know, like you're going into this, like, okay, like, you can kind of see the effects of phase in you're seeing a little bit of like what the space pirates are doing and now you've gotten into lab okay you're getting a better idea but and and you've fought like a couple bosses here and there but you know it's not like anything too crazy maybe flagra seems a little bit over the top but you know for the most part you know you kind of things have haven't really started to take off super hard but then yeah you kind of really it finally becomes physical it becomes tangible you see the metroid and yeah it's a great experience the first time you see a metroid in 3d and like and you know that's that's awesome right like that was a cool moment when you you saw that metroid for the first time and mm-hmm. yeah that that research uh, lab really does a, a lot of great stuff like it introduces you to a lot that metroid in 3d it really gives you your first real taste of the space pirates because you know again like you see a little bit of what they've done in magmore and if you kind of uh look a little bit and peek into the you know the down frigate area in town overworld you get those two flying pirates that are hanging out on the beach, and if you go towards them, they'll like, look at you, shoot at you, and then they'll fly off. And you would be like, oh, well, I can't wait to face off against that, but you don't have the space jump uh, boots yet. You don't have the gravity yet, whatever it is. Um, right. So this is really the first time you get to face off against the space pirates head on. You get to see the Metroids for the first time head on. And in and Fendron as a, as a whole, really things start to, to kick off a lot because once you come back for that second time, you're getting, you're getting your super missile. You're getting your wave beam. You're getting this. You're getting that. Um, you're getting a bunch of different stuff that you're able to start really that really start opening up the the game for you Um, you know you get your spider ball a lot of stuff that really starts opening up the rest of the game for you and this of course you know this run through the research area also gives you the thermal visor too and that's like your first significant you know visor upgrade Um, so that's also a a significant deal so there's a lot that happens in, in the research area and a lot you're introduced to a lot of information. I love the progression of if you go through the scans, you'll see like how the pirates are like, oh, we can totally reverse engineer the Metroids. Like we can figure out how they work. We can uh, somehow get like the energy that they've absorbed and use it for ourselves and have a near limitless supply of energy. Uh, we could even we could you know figure out all this stuff. Um, and then they're like, oh, that's that's too hard. Um, all right, well we're just gonna tame them. Uh, we're just going to have a small army of Metroids. We can't figure out how to make our own Metroids or reverse engineer them. We're just going to tame them. And that's when you're like, oh, that's the mistake everyone made. They try to have this biological army and never goes right. And then what happens when you shoot out the Metroids with your super missiles and you release them from their tanks? They all instantly go after the space pirates and kill them. And so I always, I always thought that was great because you can just sick the Metroids around these pirates who just spend scan after scan talking about how great a Metroid army would be and how much better it is just to tame them instead of reverse engineering them or not doing anything with them at all, um, and and that you know the ne- the new age of space pirates and they're gonna ascend and all this stuff, and then you know the second the Metroids break out, they just attack the pirates immediately, and that's <laughs> always great to see that, um, and that happens in the research lab as well. Just desserts, yeah. Uh, as my
0: father would say. Uh, all right, last room that I want to talk about before we move on to uh, some other stuff, uh, some lore, some power ups, and some music talk. Um, I want to talk about the Frost Cave over in Fendrana's Edge. There's mm-hmm. nothing actually super noteworthy. Actually, I guess like you you meet up with Hunter Metroids in here, so that's kind of cool. But um, I just like I just like think the room looks really cool. Actually, like kind of like the Crystal Caves. Uh, like the, I just think it looks really cool. Like you've got. the the edge music playing which rocks and like you know you can shoot down all these icebergs to to break like the ice or to create platforms for you um nothing like this is this is another one where i just think like it it just it looks so cool and dak i know you might not agree with me because you're uh you're having a hard time in this place last night (laughs) but i this is one of my it's just like such a cool looking room i feel like i'm really kind of a sucker for those like bluey crystal kind of uh cave aesthetics i guess but uh yeah i this one it always sticks out to me every time i play it
1: yeah i think i was getting a little frustrated uh, trying to grapple on some stuff here and there just because uh i'm an idiot but um no i agree <laughs> i love the cave areas in, in fandrana and that's certainly you know one of them it does it so well i agree i love that like the blue the hard like deep thick ice areas and these, like, the depths, the caves that you really go in, just you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into the Fendrana area. I absolutely agree. I love, you know, the Fendrana's edge area myself um, and, and getting through there, the roots that work through that. And and how far out you have to go where it almost feels like you could just, like, drop into this, it like, is bottomless crazy. canyon at any time. Yeah, I love that area. Um no, I'm totally with you there. Maybe I just was having a little difficulty cuz I was get, I was getting tired at, at one point, man. It was it was like, I mean, that was like hour
0: 11, right?
1: Yeah, man. Like that was that was what I think yeah. I was going for the uh, the last artifact in Fendrana all the way out there. Um and I was like, "Oh my god, please end my suffering." As I to <laughs> try to try to grab across <laughs> this pit so I could get this last artifact in Fendrana. Um one more room that I want to point out, too, before we move on from yes. the rooms. Uh, I believe it's called the Ruined Hall, but it's the area where you first run into, like, those two uh, baby she-goths. Um, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, I know it's, it's, it's above, like, the river. It's That's, like, across from where it's, you go It's got the wave-beam the door at, yeah, the, yeah, at the top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that area, because that's an always an area that stuck out to me, because it's the place where you're like, oh, I'm going to the temple. It's like, nope, that's actually the ruins area. Yeah. Um, and that's an area where you run into the shegoths a little bit and like, there are these kind of like tight corridors. You, you platform a little bit on the rooftops. I always like that room. And later on, after you take on, I believe the adult sheigoth and, and maybe even Thardis at that point, then just like you know adult shegoths just start spawning over there too. And you're fighting the, the big adult versions in these small corridors in this small little um, tight area. I always like that area. Um, just for that it's like this it almost kind of looks out like not like bombed out but like it almost looked like this is where like the Chozo might have like lived a little bit you know you have these like smaller rooms maybe I, I was just
0: about to say they look like houses yeah they, they always
1: took like I always interpret that as maybe being like living areas or like smaller congregating or meeting areas for these Chozo and once again like wow these are like places that people used to like live or, or worship or you know Chozo right live and worship and all that and Samus had that connection to them and now you're fighting this big she and i love fighting the she they're one of my favorite enemies and we'll get to that later um so that's right. one of my uh, like i certainly like that area so yeah fendron has so many good areas it excels so well because you get like the natural you get like where the chozo have dug in and, and oh, then yeah. they left behind and the whole space pirate i mean the, the the map for fendron really opens up as you explore it it really does It has so much going on it truly was uh one of the best areas for, in metroid for sure
0: I, th- this would be like a four-hour show if we wanted to do justice to all the great rooms in Findrana. I like I, I really, really love Findrana Drifts. Um, yeah, and I'm like you know it's so almost every room has like a personality of its own. So um, yeah, just to just to keep it moving here, we'll we'll move on from the actual like individual rooms. But my God, what an area! Let's talk about the power ups and expansions. And actually, Dak. So, when I was putting together, like, what we were going to talk about for Mapping Metroid, I was like, okay, we'll talk about the level impressions, power-ups, lore, music, blah, blah, blah. I actually feel like power-ups and expansions are more of a strength of 2D Metroid. I don't know if you agree with that, but just, like, I feel like in 2D Metroid, you do, like, there are some expansions that just require crazier things, like, uh, like, speed, like, speed running into shine sparking into tons of different crazy stuff, whereas, like, I feel like the expansions in Metroid Prime, uh, the trilogy, are a little bit more straightforward. Like, they're they're typically not, like, too, too involved other than, like, actually finding them or, like, blowing up something with super missiles. Um, I, I don't know if you agree with that or not. But uh, for me, like, none of the expansions in Findrana, just like regular missile expansions or anything like that, really, like, really stuck out as being too... Too too memorable. Like you see a lot of them, but they're behind uh ice, and like when you come back with your plasma beam, you can you could just kinda round house and collect them and stuff, but there's not any that that truly, truly stuck out to me, with the exception of maybe the one in Research Lab Aether, where like you're you're on a morph ball, but you have no rails and you have to roll at the top to to get it. I did this in the dark, so it was a real big pain in the butt. But aside from that, I was like okay, well, like, th- these are all straightforward, and that's not a bad thing, but I think that maybe expansions is more of a hallmark of 2D Metroid. I, where do you fall on that?
1: Yeah, I, you know, for me, for Prime, it's always been about the actual upgrades, you know? So yeah, like, it's never been really about, like, okay, like, are these pow- are, like, the power... Are, like, the power-ups themselves, the expansions, are they hard to, like, get or a little challenging or anything like that? I kind of like how it is in Prime, like, you... It's not super hard, like, it's not a huge focus, like, sometimes they're on the way, sometimes they're just barely out of the way. I like how you're kind of going through a room and not really looking for one, and then you hear that, that buzzing, the humming, that you just can't get out of your head, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm gonna look for one. Um, yeah, I don't know, I mean, it's not it's something I've actually really thought about, you might have a point there, you might be right, um, that's not something that's really ever concerned me in the Prime games, um, you know for me i, I don't I, want to be i,
0: I want to make it clear i'm not saying this is like a critique either it's just like kind of the difference between like doing some crazy shine sparking running to a bunch of different platforms to get like this obscure power bomb expansion like in zero mission versus like you know just kind of going a little bit out of the way because you hear the buzzing of the items
1: yeah if anything it's almost like sometimes you're playing prime and you go through this like you see a part of the map and you're like oh look at this path and then you keep going down it's a super long path like wow something must be really good down this long path i'm walking and then it ends up just being like a missile upgrade and you're like oh god <laughs> like, oh my god yep. you know um that actually that does suck but um yeah because most of the time when you are getting a, like a power or like an upgrade for in, in prime it's not because it was hardest because it was like out of the way or it was like kind of long to get to right and then when it ends up being not like a real upgrade you know it's not a an armor upgrade it's not a new weapon it ends up being just like an energy tank or a missile expansion or whatever it is you're kind of like, ah. I kind of suck. So, yeah, I, I, right. I, I see what you're saying there. Um, it definitely really is never something that I've thought about too much and uh, it doesn't really detract from the experience for me. And at times, you know, I almost kind of like, you know, not having to really, like, not necessarily not having to work too hard, but, like, I don't have to go on some crazy, super hard mission to just get an experience. Yeah, I agree, actually. I agree actually. Know? I, agree I that. like that it's like, okay, like, I can go for it. I don't have to. Or if I do go for it, it's not going to be like a test of will. It might just be a little out of the way, <laughs> you know? um where i can really kind of i
0: i'm just thinking of those ones in, like samus returns where you have to do the the morph ball like cannon shot or whatever and i'm like mm. good god yeah like th- these ones are, are nice i think i think sure.
1: one of what prime does really well is it always has it has a bu- it has two kinds of those situations where you have like a, situ- a room you've gone through that you clearly can't get to it and you almost forget about it and then when you go back to that room later you're like oh yeah i can get this now um I, and it's not really that hard but it's like oh this wasn't even possible and i kind of forgot about it and um in other situations where you know it it almost challenges you to try and get it but you don't have to go like super hard you know and like like waste a ton of time i don't know i but yeah i think you might have a point there i for me it's always been about the upgrades though and i think vendrana excels there's so many cool upgrades um
0: oh yeah uh, i'm gonna run them down here actually so you've got the boost ball Uh, You've got the wave beam, which you get after fighting Shigoth. You've got the super missile, which you get after, you know, kind of working your way through the research facility and getting to the observatory. You've got the thermal visor, which I believe you get at the base of the research facility. Um, You've got the spider ball, which you get after fighting Thardis. Mm -hmm. And then finally in Fendrana's Edge, you get the gravity suits. Like there is a ton of pertinent power-ups that you need in Fendrana. Uh, It's actually like, this is... I'm looking at this. This has got to be the most like power ups in any area in the game.
1: Yeah, th- like I was saying earlier, this is the area. I mean, you go for the boost ball and you leave. You come back later, and then all of a sudden you're getting the wave beam. You're getting the super missile. You're getting the thermomizer. You're getting the spider ball. You know, this, this, that, and it opens up so much more of the game. Um, this, I think, this is when you go back to Fendrath for the second time and you really start digging the into second it. Second time, that's, you pretty much get everything. But that's like when I think the game really starts taking off a lot, because at that point you mm-hmm. have all like your basic upgrades. You got your morph ball. You have your morph ball bomb. You have your boost ball, you have your uh, various suit, you have your missiles, you have your charge beam. You know, you have like the basic stuff, the stuff that you pretty much started with, like at the beginning of the game, right? Like maybe since minus like the boost ball, pretty much everything you had at the in the first mission of the game. Now you're getting all the cool stuff. You're getting a new beam. You're getting upgrade missiles. You're getting a new visor. You're getting a new morph ball. You're getting new stuff, and that's what I like about Venjixon. You're getting all the new stuff. You're getting all the cool toys, and you know the wave beam is like, oh, this is dope. Like your 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 arm cannon gets like flat and thick. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is sick. Uh, I love the thermal visor and how you get it. There's so much. Like, you go into the lab, the pirates drop down on you, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Um, and it's, like, right there for the taking to steal that. Um, I love the spider ball. And, and I really I can't wait to talk about Thardis. It's one of my favorite bosses in the game. And I love the spider ball, how it ends up, you know, you use it a lot in the game. And, you know, opens up the game a lot more. It looks really cool. It makes your morph ball look sick as hell. Um, yeah, Fendrana kills it. It almost goes over the top like t- with how many cool upgrades you have and the amount, like the volume, the density at which you have them.
0: And I guess that's kind of a reflection of like there's really only five main areas in Prime yeah. that you go to. So like, you know, of course there's going to be a lot of stuff, but man, it, it really does seem like Fendrana is packed with upgrades. Um, let's talk about lore a little bit and kind of the or interesting tidbits of like the game's story that you can find in Fendrana stuff that stuff that sticks out to you you mentioned earlier about how the pirates try to like reverse engineer the metroids i i wrote that down on my list too actually i always love that Where like they're just like we can figure it out by god and like yeah. it, you just see them going absolutely nowhere i i actually think it's kind of funny like it's one of those w- like weird moments of like twisted levity in metroid
1: yeah well the space pirates have always kind of had this bit of a comical edge to them you know where like they're like we're gonna take over the world you know and it's like i like only like you know cartoon evil geniuses say that you know so it almost kind of has like cartoony feel to it like the space pirates are like kind of naive in a way you know like how they yeah, approach... what do
0: we do it tomorrow the same thing we do every night mother brain yeah
1: it's, it's just funny like that's what i was saying earlier how they're, like they're like oh we can we can totally reverse engineer the metroid duh like who who hasn't done this before and then like you go to like the very next computer and then very next scan is like so it turns out that doing that is really hard so screw that we're just gonna have an army right like it's just funny how like the progression of you see the whole progression of their research in these in the area Like, gives you like start to finish like they showed up what they're doing there what they tried it didn't work okay screw it we're just gonna do this um yeah i i love how it goes into you know it just really gives a bit of character to the pirates the pirates makes them a little kind of naive in a way but at the same time like it, it with the contrast of like they're pretty vicious and i don't know what it is but i don't remember this from playing as a kid and maybe it's just from the version i played maybe it's a trilogy versus the original version but the pirates in the fendron area especially in the eighth area aggroed the hell out of me all the time they were constantly like rushing faster than i ever thought i got rushed as a kid by these pirates like aggressively you know, fighting to keep their research to themselves. And I always thought that was a funny contrast to like how their scans play out, how they think like, Oh, th- this is a new generation of the space pirates. We're going to take over the galaxy with these Metroids, like blah, blah, blah. And like, there are these actually pretty vicious looking aliens, but like contrasted by like their like evil genius, like mustache twirling plans and their scans. Uh, it was always funny to me. Um, here's
0: another, actually, it's just like such a little thing. But it's the little things I think that I appreciate the most and that make the most sense. I love that there is a reason for having this research facility in Fendrona Drifts. Mm-hmm. I think like it's one simple... I can't remember. It's a pirate data somewhere. But it's just like, we built this facility in Fendrana Drifts because Metroids are more susceptible to the cold. And they can be controlled easier in the cold. And it makes them docile.
1: I love that oh. stuff,
0: man. Like It makes so much sense. Fun. Like It's just like... Yeah, like what, like what attention to detail or like what, you know, I think that um, we were talking uh, on the Zelda show a couple of weeks ago about how like how sometimes you can just have these like big temples in like a random place and it doesn't feel like it belongs there. Just like with that one simple line, it's like they just made total sense of why this research facility was here. Um, And actually, so I was actually wondering too. Uh, so the Chozo used to live on Talon 4 I wonder if perhaps, like, the Chozo actually, you know, maybe had a hand in setting up this research facility. Because we know know that they created the Metroids, but we're kind of assuming that it's the other faction on SR388 that did that. But I thought that that was kind of interesting uh, to ponder, perhaps.
1: Hmm. You know, uh, I think there is now, from what we know more about the Chozo, that maybe there's a possibility that, like, maybe uh, some Chozo that we hear might have been involved. But, you know... What is, like, do we really know, like, the true crossover of, like, the Chozo and the pirates being here in the facility? Because, and I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty, it seemed like, you know, the Chozo were, like, they had this planet, it got infected. The Chozo were obviously, like, super affected by this. Like, their civilization was practically, like, destroyed by this, like, corruption, essentially, on the civilization on this planet, that is. Um, not right. um. They realized the power was so great, the corruption was so crazy. They had to seal it away and lock it away. It still did irre- you know, irreversible damage to the Chozo on the on that planet. Then the pirates showed up and were like, "Oh, look at this! <laughs> like, we can totally mess with this." I don't really think there was much crossover, if at any at all, with like the Chozo that lived on there and the pirates that showed up later. Um, but if I, there like, was, I don't really think so either. If there was, yeah, I think there could have been a possibility. You know, that would that would be interesting. Maybe there was like a single Chozo who was like working with the pirates maybe um i don't think there's anything in the you know maybe like that would be a retcon thing or like something that was added in later and now that we know kind of more about the chozo from seven returns well like at least the intent of this game it doesn't seem like that was ever it the presents situation. them
0: as very spiritual like n- like naturistic chozo versus kind of the the scientists of sr 3 d but i was like yeah. man that could be kind of cool if like there's like a rogue faction in Talon four that's making this and maybe the hunters is just gonna found this old research facility and augmented mm-hmm. it um this is just kind of the stuff that i was making up in my own head as i was playing well, it through it. i can't remember
1: yeah no, i'm sorry i'm going
0: I, I i can't remember when i thought this like maybe a couple of years ago or something like that but i was like this is pretty cool like this could be cool if they if they wanted to go this route yeah uh, unlikely definitely but i was like okay i you know i could i could be i could get by on that yeah
1: well what struck me was interesting that you bring this up um replaying the game you know we were talking about like our back on the Chozo episode you know what we think of like our images of the Chozo prior to Samus returns, right? And a lot of it is shaped from Metroid Prime. And going back through the scans and how the gameplay is, that still like was really solidified in my mind. Like the Chozo are how I, I remember them in Prime. But I don't remember how like like almost like religious zealots. Like they don't, the spirals, space pirates almost come off as like covenant in this game in their scans at times. When you read like why like their Their like thirst for power and like ascending and, and all like the word choice they use is not like Mm -hmm. what you think, like when you think of space pirates a lot in Metro, you, you know, they're, you know, aliens, pirates, but they're still pretty silent space, science-based, you know, they might be a bit naive, but they're not stupid, right? Like they can clearly, they're clearly formidable in a way. Right. And they seem to be rooted in like the physical, like the science they can achieve and the physical power that they have. Right. And well, in a lot of these scans, in, especially in the research lab Aether, the pirates talk, uh, you know, a lot about like ascending and a new like, uh, like a new dawn, yeah, new dawn, yeah, that kind of wording. And always, that took me back when I read it because I didn't remember a lot of that stuff. And it's like that's weird how that was kind of written because it doesn't seem to really uh, have shaped the identity of the space pirates overall and doesn't seem to be referenced much in later games or you know much at least from what i can remember it doesn't stick out a lot to me because uh, it contrasts so much of what we know about them and what they do you know they don't they don't have their own temples right like we don't see them having any kind of like worship or like any deity they they look to or anything like that so to have that kind of like spiritual religious kind of like wording and like perspective that they have in their scans at times was like weird to look at because like hmm, that's like a it doesn't seem like that would be said by them. It, like that would, it, if there was a Chozo crossover, it, it could crossover, be interesting
0: to to like explore that. Yeah, I think, exactly. More like, for like sure. what if yeah. there was
1: a Chozo among the space pirates? Like, that would make me think. Oh, maybe that's where that came from. If you know,
0: maybe maybe it could be Dark Chozo from. Uh, I, is that what we called him from our Chozo episode? Dark Chozo. Um, I think that's
1: what you're calling him. I was Some, <laughs> something like yeah. that. The evil Chozo. Like I, I doubt it would be um, any kind of yeah, Chozo cool stuff. But it is interesting that like how those scans. I like going through the scans and like they reveal a lot, but at times also make you think like hmm, that's interesting you would not expect that all right so
0: we we are going super long here but we're gonna finish it out by god um we've been talking for an hour about Fendrana drifts and somehow have not touched on its iconic music hmm. i i think that you could make the argument that Fendrana Drifts is maybe the best track in the metroid series i think as a case you know, I think I could make that argument, um, you know, it, it very much depends, because it's a very serene track, and, and of course, I'm talking about the, the main Fendrona Drifts track that plays when you're in the shorelines, yeah, Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of really, like, when I think of Metroid music, a lot of it is, like, the iconic tunes that you hear in Super Metroid that are kind of been remixed over and over again, but, like, I think that when you heard Fendrona Drifts, it was, like, instantly in that same category where like it was instantly an upper tier um like track in the metroid series and like i think a lot of music like you look at um you look at like fusion other m corruption echoes even a lot of that has really great music but it's never reached like the same level of like um of like like love i guess is the right the right word that the tracks from super metroid have reached or like iconic status and i feel like Fendrona Drifts like really did and like really right away maybe it's not the the best track in the Metroid series but like I think it's in the conversation for sure and like like I think it's the best track in Metroid Prime like the trilogy I think I could say that for sure but I I really love this track I listen to it often uh just you know when I got some music going on if I'm doing some work on the computer or whatever and uh you know I also want to give a shout out to uh Fendrona's Edge which is actually I think mm. the low-key most underrated song in Metroid. It's a banger. This thing slaps. It's so good. And especially when you were playing last night and it was like the slowed down version, I was just like, I was ready to get my strobe lights out. I was ready to go and get a beer from the fridge. I was like, this is awesome. But yeah, I love the, I love Fendrana's Edge. That track just like pumps me up and makes me want to go and like, I don't know, work out or something. Uh, but it, it's it's awesome. And it's, it's funny because like, they're very they're such different tracks like one is very peaceful and serene and uh beautiful and then the other one's just this like this techno banger and like both of them are awesome but both of them feel very much at home in the same area
1: yeah i mean i don't remember off the top of my head who composed that song or the ost in general but whoever did for metroid prime like they're geniuses they're, they're, these are masterstroke songs so metroid prime does so well is it like it has those ambient like tones but it still also retains that like the electric like sci-fi kind of vibe that metroid has and yeah the depth song the ed- the edge theme where it has it's like it's a bit of a banger It has all that like electric dance to it while incorporating like a remixed like glacial kind of icy feel it's from awesome. the deck it's, it's oh. so well done um and i love it because it's like both songs and the first song as well they really make you want to explore you know like when you first step into the world and like it opens up and like you have this like these these fading tones that like are swelling as you open up and, and these strings that play and these faint like harmonic kind of voices that kind of like just like surround you almost it's so it's very like visceral right and it kind of it makes you almost feel like you're at like a top of a mountain in like ssx right and you're about to like just shred the biggest glacier of your entire like life right like you're just like about to really explore hard and so much of the world feels so open to you i love that about that the the main fendrana theme and then when you get deeper into fendrana you're going into the caves and these this thick ice and and deeper and deeper deeper and you know it the the vibe gets a little like you know the engines start revving a little more and the vibe picks up a little bit and you're like oh like now we're cooking with gas and and it kind of like fills you a little bit of electricity. They really, I mean, they they hit the nail on the head with these tracks. They really did. And then when you get to those uh, Chozo temple areas, you know, they bring in again those like that the melancholy of like the discoveries you've made after you've made these. It's, it's kind of like the like the moves, the, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like that music you hear in the Chozo ruins, but like it's got the prime kind of like crystal-y instrument mm-hmm. or whatever that they use to signify like a like a snow level. Uh, that that track is called the Ice Chapel and that's actually another like really great really serene track and that that was the one that I was describing earlier actually yeah. in the uh, in the Hall of the Chozo which like it's just it's really really great but it's still got that like
1: fendrana mm-hmm. t- like twinge to it almost you know absolutely no, I, I, I would agree there's so many tracks I mean I Metroid Prime competes, comp- uh, competes with itself with like best tracks in the whole franchise and fendrana like yeah I would agree wow, that. carrying the team yeah. a lot of ways.
0: Um, yeah, I you know I think Fendrana is probably the winner for me. Like it stands out, but like yeah, the Talon Overworld I think is yep, really great. 100%. The uh, the the frigate is really great. Oh, um, there's a lot of like cool. really really Dude, awesome music. Dude, the Down but...
1: Frigate. Uh, that when you said like this is the best track in the game, I was that's the track I thought of immediately. The Down Frigate theme, the that piano man. I mean that when you talk about somber and melancholy, I I, I know we're talking about Fendrana right now, but really quickly that area is so good when you get to revisit the the frigate after you've gone through that you've already seen that area that music playing oh it's so good it's it, I absolutely right, well, love it we'll we'll get there we'll, we'll get talk about there. that one day well, but
0: yes I'm sure Talon will be uh, on mapping Metroid I think in the Talon and, and Fendrana the, are the two best areas
1: future. in Metroid Prime I think so I'm glad we started off with this one I can't wait to talk about Talon but yeah Fendrana really kills it I, with its music I probably
0: agree with that yeah, yeah. Um, okay
1: let's uh, let's talk about some of the
0: enemies and the bosses here I just had a few uh, quick notes that I wanted to go over. Um, and I'm going to start off, you were talking about, oh God, I can't even remember what the room is called with all the houses,
1: but oh, the, when you uh, get the there, Hall or whatever it is, I think it's called yes. the Hall or Access Rune Hall.
0: So you fight the, uh, the baby she in there and man, I feel like horrible every time that I shoot a baby she-goth because oh, it's yeah. like, first of all, this thing's called baby. So like, it's just, it's just new board and attacking Samus and like, I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I have to shoot you in the mouth. So it's I always big, feel really bad graphic. destroying them
1: you know because like you burst open yeah. your back and you get this they see like the exposed flesh and all that and they also look like oh. xenomorphs you know like they have like a xenomorph face like almost identical to a xenomorph like they have like the no eyes and like the the flesh like stretched over the skull and like it, I, like
0: i think since we did like the paper metroid episode too where i was pitching like the cowardly she got yes. that even even more so i was just like i don't want to hurt you
1: <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> i didn't even think about that um I think they're they're one of the best enemies in the game. I think they're the first time because uh, they kind of incorporate a bunch of previous enemy like traits that you see earlier in the game. They kind of remind me of beetles, right? We got to attack them from behind, um, but at the same time they can shoot at you from afar, um, and they can also charge you too. So they start like really kind of changing up on you a little bit there, and they also always come in pairs. You know the, the baby she-goth, too. So I like that. Um, I think they were they're definitely one of the best design enemies in the game and i think you know the, at the when you run into them in the game they're the best enemy at the time uh they really incorporate things you've seen in the previous enemies and work together they look really cool and yeah they even have it's a little grotesque almost a little bit you know you're like oh come on man i really don't i don't don't make me fight you man like let me just let me just get by you know let me just get by there were a couple times i was playing i would just jump past them I was like don't make me fight you guys i don't want to do it and then they make me you know, they make me do it and yeah, they pay the price but i agree i love the they're and they're so iconic too right like i don't think an enemy reminds you a lo- so much of like its area as like she do um in a lot of Metroid yeah games. i could
0: well i guess like the the magmores and magmore oh, yes. actually i always forget that those are called, they are Magmors, called Magmors, Wars, yeah enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, so but yeah like I, I actually don't disagree with that like you see she Sheigoth that's like oh androna drifts mm-hmm. um and actually let's talk about the big she here for a quick sec mm. I I think that this is one of the more tough boss battles uh, in the game actually, which is kind of surprising because I, I don't think Metroid Prime is like super challenging in its boss battles or or I don't know maybe it's not to me now maybe it was when I first played it but um, Shegoth is the, is one of them that I was just like okay like this dude he puts up a good fight he's a hardy guy um, I I guess I was I was a little bit surprised by the Shegoth when I was uh, when I was playing in my last playthrough by how much. Maybe I just underestimated him, but yeah, he
1: he put up a good fight. No, oh, I agree. That's definitely one of my favorite fights in the game, and you know, it's one of, one of my favorite areas. And after you fight them too, all the other you know adult Shigoths are showing up in the area, so that's cool. I always like that about Fender. But they're never
0: as big. They're not. Especially. They are never
1: as big. That is true. Um, what I thought was interesting about this is how it's like set up, right? Like Samus goes in. It's in a Chozo temple ish area, you know, mm-hmm. right. And then, like, oh, no, sorry, you got to actually face off against these She-Goths. And then you fight off, you know, you face the two baby She-Goths first. And you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. Like, I've done this before. Like, I'm, I'm ready for this. Um, and you, fight, you take them on for a little bit. But then, you know, yeah, the, the big adult She-Goth comes in. And the room is, is, is big enough where it doesn't seem, like, too big. But it is kind of, like, scary to look at a little bit, you know? Those big, like, bright six eyes um, where the babies don't have, like, any at all um <clears throat> it has that the spray bath which is a lot larger I don't I think the baby should got have it too potentially I don't know actually I think they only have the snowball shot, but these have these big like dragon like electric breath or whatever and the <laughs> huge like electricity f- like sp- ice spikes on its back um yeah it's a cool boss fight it's it's something uh it's a it's a fun it's a fun fight and uh it's a cool area to fight it in so, yeah I like this fight it's definitely uh one of my favorites in the game
0: um, so I touched on Metroids and Hunter Metroids earlier. Uh, so I won't go over them too much now. But other, other than to say, like, I love that, you know, they show up in here. And uh, it, like I said, it's it's always great the first time you see a Metroid, especially your first time seeing a 3D Metroid. But I want to give a shout out to an enemy that is a huge piss off for me. And that is the Jezlap. I think I said that Jelsap? right. This Jelsa, okay, Jelsap. Okay, yeah. So this, this dude lives in the water he looks like one of the, the squids from Super Mario, and he has, like, this little ball of energy in the middle of him, and, like, he makes your visor go static whenever you're by him and until you finally get rid of him. Mm-hmm. I hate this thing. He's so annoying, especially before you get the gravity suit, because, like, really? he... Yeah, I mean, not only he distorts your visor, but he'll um, lock himself up or, like, make himself invulnerable to to weapon fire, and it's like, ugh. I, so I... I just wanted to give this little fella a special shout out on our show just to let him know how much I hate him.
1: You know, it's really funny you're saying that because I'm what I'm about to say. Because I, I, I think it really comes down to how you play the game, right? If you have Metroid Prime's like very slow and limited controls, that enemy is mad annoying. But with the freedom of like the mouse and keyboard control stuff, I, this was one of the easiest enemies in the game to deal with. You easily just one shot them because they show you their mouth immediately. You just snipe them from afar. Or you just literally just jump around them, right? Like they're in, they never move pretty much. Like they're mostly stationary. Um, so that's actually funny that you brought this up because I was like, really, like these guys are almost no problem, and it's like it almost changed your perspective on how you approach the oh, game. Yeah,
0: but like 99% of people right, are playing. Right, but yeah, with 100%. Yeah,
1: that was just that was interesting. You brought them up because it really does change how you approach the game. Uh, that being said, yes, these things are annoying because they always seem to show up on like the most narrow paths, especially in those underwater like root areas, you know. And like, oh, I got, I can just walk over this. Nope, there's actually a gel zap just waiting around. Um, and yeah, the static thing that electric-based enemies do, so annoying. And that's one of them. So yeah, the gel zap and not my most annoying enemy. I hated those robot-like enemies that you that made your oh the ones that lock the doors. Oh my until you god, I Ugh. hate those <laughs> things with a passion because um, they like... Their,
0: their, I, I think that those are everywhere, though, right? Those aren't just native to Fendrana? No,
1: yeah. They, I think they're in, like, the Space Pirate areas. So, like, you see them in phase and Mines a bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, but, that, okay. but that was, like, that's... Yeah, they, they're I terrible. I hate those so <laughs> much. Joe Zaps. yes, also annoying. Uh, for Fendrana, I'm trying to think. Uh, the most annoying enemy for me, hmm, for Fendrana, I'm trying to think. Um, I will say that... Uh, to touch base on the she what does annoy me is that when you come back and you have the plasma beam that you can't just melt them you still have to shoot them from behind you know i'm like all right i, I should yeah. be able to absolutely melt you right now my guy but uh, i can't for whatever reason uh, that always stuck out to me but yeah no the gel zap is a, that's a, that's a funny choice those are those are annoying to deal with i'll give you that
0: I-, I can't remember what in particular it was but i remember i just like i stopped playing i put my controller down i I've got my phone in my hands. I was like, I hate gels apps. I hate these guys. So, uh, yeah, I had to give a shout out to them. Let's talk about the big bad guy of Fendrana drifts. Thardis. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I always thought that this boss, he, I think he looks cooler than he actually fights. Hmm. Um, I think that this is, this is a really great, like he's a cool looking boss. It's a, it's a fun fight. You make good use of your thermal visor. Uh, he's really easy though. Um, and it, uh, I don't know. I really like when he actually like rolls up and like it's really close and it's really like it feels like kind of a brawl. But a lot of the times he's just kind of standing around and waiting for you like you to shoot him. But I I do actually really love this fight. I love how like basically it's like this like wicked looking collection of rocks. Uh, not my favorite boss in the game, but I have I have a fun time every time I walk
1: into this fight. This is actually one of my favorite bosses in the game. Uh, Thardis is very up there with me. I really like this fight. Um... I, it's kind of like a silly setup like you just jump into this big arena and a bunch of rocks come like to like throw hands with you um but it sticks out for me for that reason i like like the the moving weak spot that you eventually have to deal with you know kind of in a way with the uh the omega and like elite pirates later but yeah, like the moving weak point you have like the fog come in um uh, makes it kind of hard yeah. to see you have like you gotta boost away with the boost ball a little bit here and there um and 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 i i like this fight i liked it playing in metroid prime it's a lot. i think it's a lot easier when you just lock on and stuff i when i played it last night i didn't lock on or anything i was just uh, fighting him and shooting him like with the mouse and keyboard and stuff and that was really fun it was a really kind of almost a tough fight in that way i also love thardis like he almost does a bit, like he like when he starts powering up he does like the goku like ah! and, like charges up and like electricity flies into the air and stuff like he gets like he like freaks out and starts like going ham on you. I, I I like this boss. He has a lot of character to him. He looks funny. Um, he's like you scan him. It's like <laughs> these rocks just are angry rocks, and they they came together and they are angry and sentient. Um, and I was like, yeah, hey, whatever. You know, that I, it's a video game. I always like that. Um, I like this boss a lot, actually. Um, yeah, it's like the hardest boss. Uh, yeah. you know, I made it a little more difficult based on like how I played last night. No, it's not. Um, and yeah, overall, are all the Metroid Prime like? Bosses that difficult no you have to you know turn the difficulty up yourself uh you know make it play on hard mode or you know do whatever uh, whatever it is you do but that being said i like this boss i like the setup i like the area i love like the stages a little bit becomes kind of like a bit of a stage fight there um and it's it's an interesting concept i like this fight it's one of my favorites in the game
0: i think the, i think the best thing i can say about it is like he he looks really cool and you know, at the end of the day, that's all I really need out of a Metroid Prime boss is like a cool looking boss that, uh, you know, delivers, delivers kind of a big fight spectacle. And that's what this fight is. Not my favorite. Like I said, I think like Omega Pirate and Metroid Prime and, and like even Ridley, I think those fights are a little bit better, but I mean, really that's how your game should go is like all the best fights are kind of towards the end. So, um, yeah, I, I like that fight. Uh, I, I do kind of agree with you. It's kind of funny how like there's just this big battle arena that's ready to go. It's like, Huh, what's this doing here? But I like it. Let's move on and talk about our last thing really quickly. Oh, before we we move on on from this,
1: I just wanted to say another one of the things I love about this is that the end, um, if you remember from the beginning of the fight, Samus sees, like, a rock float into the air. And then, like, it's like, oh, what's going on? And then, like, Thardis forms behind her and she turns around she's like, oh, at the end of the fight, after you beat him, all the rocks fall to the ground, whatever. And that one single rock that she first saw, like, hits her in the back of the head and, like, falls to the ground. she's like, what the hell, man? I always like that moment. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's another great Metroid Prime. Does so e- even people. in defeat,
0: he's uh, he's throwing exactly. stones. Exactly. I like
1: Thardis. Under Underrated Metroid character. Bring him back. Let's see. Meta, meta right.
0: <laughs> Let's finish this up, Deck, and uh, get on out here. Let's talk about something that's uh, specific to the Metroid Prime areas, and, and let's talk about artifacts. We've kind of talked about the two rooms beforehand mm-hmm. um, in the control tower where you need to get the the artifact by, uh, collapsing one of the towers and, and morph balling into that to get the artifact. And we talked about it in the Chozo Hall where you melt the ice. Um, I like those artifacts are actually pretty easy and pretty like, you know, not much, not real much really to say about them, but the last artifact, man, God, I had a hell of a time, uh, playing it. This was the artifact of spirit and you get it right in Fendrana's edge. This one, I was just like, I was like, oh my God, where the hell is this thing? Like, because you're, you're looking for it. And what you need to do is use your x-ray visor to, um, to see which wall you need to power bomb. But like when you have your x-ray visor on, you can't see the door behind the actual wall itself. It's actually like, it's a huge pain to get to, but, and eventually I got it, but I just thought that I wanted to point that out. You know, the other thing I think of note about Fendron is like the three artifacts is like, and I was watching uh, Dak play this last night when he was collecting artifacts. So, like, y- you know, uh, this is, again, fresh on my mind. It's like, man, they are they could not be further apart in Findrana. Like, one of them is in, like, the absolute depths of the research facility. The other one's in, like, the, the shoreline on the very entrance to Findrana. And then the last one's on, like, Findrana's edge, which is, I mean, as the name says, literally the edge of the map. So, like, I always think that that's, like, hilarious, especially if you're a player that, pretty much like what you did last night or what i did a couple weeks ago like just kind of forgot to get the artifacts mm-hmm. as they were going and then came back and got them like it takes forever
1: yeah it's definitely it's fendrana is an area where you definitely want to keep the artifacts in mind because this is my only gripe with fendrana is for some reason it's only accessible from magmore caverns so you can't get there from Choser ruins you can't get there from town overworld um that makes it like such a headache because if you forget anything in fendrana it takes you like a, like i a just a day and a half to get all the way back there and then you're right it's spread out all the way through like the three major areas of you know fendrana so it's certainly like you want to keep those artifacts in mind and not forget about them as you move through the area because they you can get them with you know pretty easily actually i think well, I, you might I have think, to use the pl-
0: no i think the only one you can get is the control tower yeah. right away the other you ones need you need plasma Yeah, you're right for okay it.
1: yeah so that's that's even another thing is that you kind of almost have to you're almost forced to do that but you can avoid at least having to go for the but actually no because you need to almost go through the control tower uh, area anyway to get to the fendrona's edge get to yeah, edge, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you almost got kind of a screwed either way you're right um yeah that's definitely annoying the fact that you can only get there from Magmore kind of makes that backtracking a little a little tedious um especially if you're doing it in one playthrough that's lasting into the wee hours of the night maybe if you know, you're setting up your you know like a normal player person your sessions maybe over the course of a day or two it's not that big of a deal but in
0: deck i, I wasn't even watching or like i was watching i wasn't even playing and i had only been there for like an hour and i was like oh my god this is painful i can't imagine what that was like for you
1: you know it's again i metroid i mean this solidified metro prime as being like my favorite metro game and, and might be my favorite game of all time single player wise and whatever um you know it, it was it was rewarding fine like when i finally got that last artifact after going through all Fendrana and then you know getting the last one phase of mine's like it was such a relief i was like oh like i did it like finally and like so you know sometimes yeah maybe not
0: Fendrana's edge was was painful though that that was a painful route you should clip that I'm, oh yeah <laughs> well
1: i'm going to save that Vod and maybe do highlights and i want to go back and play the game in hard mode and do like a uh, like a a uh, uh, a montage like a, like a and pretending it's like a oh Call of Duty God. montage, but it's Metroid Prime. I want to do that. Um, yeah, but I love traversing Fendrana, especially with the FPS. You really get to appreciate the game so much more when you can freely freely look and move. And Fendrana especially, there's so much detail in the in the in the textures and the area and some of the texture, not all of them. Some of them are not that great, but in um, the area and just the the love kind of put into the structure and like it made it feel like it was lived in and and dug into. And you, it felt so much more, like, alive. Like, I, and that's another thing uh, that I, before we move on from this episode almost, is something that Prime does so well is that even though, like, these places aren't, like, inhabited by, like, a civilization or, like, whatever it is, the places still feel alive, right? Like, when you enter Fendrana, like, the snow's falling. Those, uh, I forget what they're called, but, like, those supersonic, like, birds that are yeah, flying yeah. around, right? Like, the water's moving. Like, I love that about Metroid Prime. Like, you might not have, like, a town of villagers and all that stuff but it still feels alive and and lived in or being lived in by something and i always loved that about fendrana too and uh something that really stuck with me and when you enter that area and it's just like wow this place is very serene i would 100 percent hang out here for sure
0: (laughs) yeah i mean to bring it all the way back to the very beginning like it's just it's it's when you walk in it just hits you and like i think that you know even when I was uh, God, I don't even know how old I was in two thousand two, but I wasn't very old. But like you can the first time that you walk into Fendrana and you see the, the snow and you hear the music, you can you could just tell, like in you I knew I was like this is gonna be something special and I think that it like actually truly is one of the best areas in Metroid. And like, you know, there are some iconic areas like Brinstar, uh, North Fair, like all these like classic areas, but I, I think you could put Fendrana up there beside any of them. I agree. 100%. Um but yeah, that that's gonna do it for this episode. We we've we went really long here, Dak. But I think that we gave Fandral the attention that it deserved, and uh, you know, we uh, we're gonna make this a semi regular. Um, segment on the show where, like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe every six weeks or so, we'll pick a new area to map and we'll talk about it. We'll play through it. We'll talk about the enemies, uh, bosses. We'll talk about the music. We'll talk about the lore. We'll talk about the expansions, level impressions, all of that stuff. If there's anything else that you think we missed, let us know at Omega Metroid Pod. But um, yeah, oof, yeah, we're finally at the end, and uh, Dak, it's probably about time that we get out of here. I think uh, so of much. course, we want to remind. We want to remind all you guys where you can check out Omega Metroid Podcast. Um, you can check us out on Podbean and iTunes and Spotify at Omega Metroid Pod. Like and subscribe. Leave us leave us a five-star review. That would be so cool. Uh, tell a Metroid fan in your life where they can get their metroid fix that would be awesome and of course follow us over on twitter at omega metroid Pod. you can check me out on twitter at spateria 316 and you can check Dak out on twitter and on twitch at the rapture yeah you know, uh, um, if you want to chat with I us was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna do over. some
1: more streams i'm gonna be streaming uh prime two and three yes. uh absolutely we'll be streaming prime two and three once i catch up on my sleep maybe i'll be able to figure out how to play hunter's with the mouse and keyboard, that would be absolutely huge, 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 huge. But, yeah, I'm going to be playing some more. Of my maybe maybe it would be
0: good if if you could. <laughs> Hey-oh, that's going to that's gonna do it for us. Uh, we're, we're, we're debating hunters next week, so come back and, and get in on that war. Until then, guys, thank you for listening, and take care.